This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Yes, you're not witnessing me fade into the ether in the background. StreamYard has sorted itself out, thank goodness. Uh, apologies for the slight delay, because uh, while StreamYard hadn't sorted itself out, there were some other technical difficulties that we sorted through, but it's all good. And we're all sorted and we're all fixed and all ready for tomorrow's game against Liverpool. It is a huge, huge fixture, uh, which of course... I don't look upon as a free hit, as some people may describe it, but I do certainly look at it as a great chance to get some pop, maybe bonus points is a little bit too fanciful to suggest, but I don't think many people are expecting Arsenal to come out of anything in this game. So anything from this game would certainly be a huge boost to Arsenal's chances of getting into the top four. Let's bring in my guests for today. First of all, it's Chris. How do you mate? You good? You well? I'm very well, thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. And apologies for the technical delay. It was all down to me. No, it's all good, mate. All good, fella. Uh, we're also joined by Ed. How are you doing, Ed? You good? Oh, very good. Thanks, Tom. Good stuff. And lastly, we're joined by Joe. How are you doing, Joe? You good? Oh, hoi, hoi. Hey, boys. Lovely stuff. Making up our team for today, looking ahead to tomorrow's fixture. Joe, how scared are you? Is uh, is what I'll start off. <laughs> Well, I'll have a duvet wrapped around me when I watch it. So if it gets too frightening, I'll just cover up like a child. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, I think we're going to give them a good game. That's all that matters. Ultimately, it's not a free hit. It's not a gimme. But I'd rather see us, if we lose, I'd rather see us put up a fight than you know, roll over and take it. Absolutely. It's going to be a tough game no matter what. We know how good Liverpool are. Ed's are you fearful of what they present or are you confident in what we're capable of doing to them? Oh, well, maybe both. I mean, you have to be fearful of what they can do, no doubt. But uh, this is as good a time as any in the last bunch of years to play them uh, with how we are. So let's give it a run. Absolutely. And Chris, looking at kind of who is available, Mohamed Salah confirmed by Klopp today will be fit, obviously, because, you know, this is the way it goes for Arsenal, whether it's Kane, whether it's De Bruyne, they're always miraculously fit in the end. So him coming back. But to be honest, I was looking at their team and when you, you drop Salah and you've got Diaz and Jota and Mane there still, it wasn't like that it was a huge knock for them, really, was it? <laughs> 
No, I mean, look, they've got so much depth and they've got some great players. And I know from um, from my Liverpool mates, so they're getting really excited about this kid, Diaz. Mm. Right. So I think, you know, you, you, you know what you're going to get with them. Right. So I think, you know, from our point of view, I mean, my, my title on this one was stick or twist, because I think Arteta's got a, a, you know, has got a challenge around. Do we stick and carry on playing the same, we, the same way we've been playing and test it and see what it's like? And if it doesn't work, then... Uh, do something about it or do we twist um and do we actually change the, the team slightly um i'm sort of in the favor of changing the team slightly i think this is the best second best team in the country against any other club i would want to stick with what we got but with these guys you know what i think we just need to be a little bit smart yeah i'm looking forward to, to talking through some of the lineups because there's some interesting picks that's for sure um hello to everybody who's joining us in the chat box hope you're doing good and well make sure you drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel if you're new marcus hi tom and tgt look forward to hearing your thoughts on this tough match will mane finally get a red card will jota fail to score and will we overcome the odds and win hopefully all of the positives from that prediction will come true tomorrow. Uh, Rob Paul says, hi, guys. Looking forward to a result tomorrow and hoping that we can keep a clean sheet to boot as well. Uh, Bobby says, hey, everyone. Let's see if anyone has a crazy thought like me that would possibly, maybe, we'll get a result tomorrow. Uh, let's focus on some of the kind of the, the more specifics, Joe. Um, Tommy Asu not yet confirmed to be fully back, but is back in training. I personally don't think he's going to get thrown back in at the deep end. I don't think they'd be worth risking Tommy Asu. And that obviously means that Cedric will be back in at right back and has played the last five games, all of which we've won. How confident in the, I was going to say young Portuguese, it's not young at all, the, you know, the, the aging Portuguese fullback. How confident are you in him? If Cedric going forward, as much jokes as we all make about it, he is solid going forward. I know that's not part and parcel of the defender job, which is his. Um, but he has been putting in good performances. I was listening to one of your podcasts a few days ago, and it was a good point that players who've been out in the cold for a while, they do take a while to get you know back familiar, get the legs under them. And he's had five games now. He's looked better than he has prior, to, like even last year with a couple of runs of games. I wouldn't put my house on him being able to stand up against Jota or Luis or, you know, mm. Salah. But I don't think he's going to make any blunders. And ultimately said, you're not going to risk Tommy Asu coming out of the cold. He's, what, 12 weeks now he's been injured or something close to that? This is not the game to bring him back in. So while Cedric wouldn't be anyone's first choice backup, while he's there, I don't have a huge amount of risk. I don't have a huge amount of fear with him either. Now, in saying that, he's going to go off and have an absolute howler and make me look like a jackass, isn't he? <laughs> yes, that's the way that football works, Joe. You should learn this by now. Absolutely no. But it's going to be a tough game. You know what happens with Cedric? You know that offensively what he gives us, going the other direction, there are questions. And I think that whoever it is, be it Sane, Sane Mane uh, or Diaz, it's, it's going to be a really difficult test uh, for Cedric. The difference, Ed, between this game and when we lost 2-0 at home against Liverpool in the League Cup semi is that it's not going to be Lukonga sitting and holding the midfield, but both Xhaka and Partey will be present in this game. They obviously both weren't present for that fixture. How much of a difference do you think those two are going to make for us? Well, a ton. Uh, and that's I'm, I'm a Lukonga fan for sure, but uh, the stability that we've seen over the last, what, 10, 12 games? Yeah, it's... Um, we're Even though we're so young, the youngest team in the league, as we always say, but 
they're so stable, you know, and so set mm-hmm. now in, in who we have that uh, it's it's been a pleasure. And even though those aren't two, you know, the two guys you mentioned aren't the young guys, obviously, they kind of bring the average age up for sure. Um, so in midfield, having that veteran presence, I think is going to make a tremendous difference. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree with you that I'm also a Lukonga fan. And to be honest, when he was dropped for that game against Man United, I was uh, quite gutted, to be honest. I thought he'd probably been our best midfielder up until that point. Because Xhaka didn't start particularly well and then got injured for a significant period of time. And Partey, he still wasn't giving us what we come to expect. And, and Lukonga really was outshining him. But in 2022, Chris, Partey is probably alongside Odegaard being our best player. Um, and it's been so consistent. And he's showing us kind of the performances that we've wanted from him that we saw that he was capable of at Atletico Madrid. So from a midfield standpoint, knowing that they've got Henderson and Fabinho, etc., and one of what we imagine would be either Milner or Thiago or someone along that Ilstra Curtis Jones, of course, too. How do you feel like our midfield in the new structure uh, that has not been used against Liverpool, to be fair, with Erdogan playing slightly deeper? How do you think it will fare in this game against the Reds? I, I, I'm really quite excited for it. Um, I think if you look at, if you looked at the game against Leicester, Partey was fabulous, right? Mm. I, you know, I, for me, he was better than Odegaard. Not, not. I mean, Odegaard is, does the creative stuff and shows people and and turns up on the telly, but Partey's the one pulling the strings in in the in the um, you know in quietly in the background. And one one of my mates turned around to me and said, "That's the Thomas Partey we bought." That's what we spent our money on. And I think, you know, it's taken him a year, a year and a half to settle in. And I think he's in that really good place. I, you know, I, I wanted to use Odegaard more back, uh, you know, further back um, at the beginning of the season in one of my teams. So I get that completely. But the thing that the thing that I really chuffed about is Xhaka. OK, now, mm. I, you know, I mean, everybody in, in the group knows I'm not the world's greatest Xhaka lover because I think he's got a mistake in him. But by playing him more further forward, what it's doing is it's if he makes a mistake, it's not as critical, right? And there was a point on the Leicester game when um, we just got the ball back. We were just about to move into a transition, and he was the last man on the shoulder uh, mm. uh, of the uh, the Leicester defenders. He didn't get used, so you didn't see it on the telly. But actually, what he's being freed up to do pushes him to a place where if he makes a mistake, it's less important. In his own mind, you know, the problem with Xhaka is, in his own mind, is he makes a mistake and he panics about fixing it. And, and yeah. you just want him to say, you know, look, dudes, we're a team here. Like, you know, well, so being slightly further forward, I think suits him. And I think at the moment suiting us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, it's really weird because I remember when he joined, Arsene Wenger talked about him being a box-to-box midfielder in Granite Xhaka. And we were all like... Sorry, like, no, we're not seeing a box-to-box midfielder in Jacker at all. But you can see some of the qualities and the instincts that were still there from when he did play that role. And I think that, you know, he's added to what we do in the final third, be it terrifying at times. It still has quite worked quite well for us. Uh, Owen says, don't think uh, it took Partey a year to settle. Just think that we gave him too much freedom. He flourishes when he's given a particular job to do which we reverted back to doing with him this season. I think the number six role was given him, as you say, Chris, a lot, a lot there, kind of the responsibility. It's given him kind of a, the borders around his game. So he's kind of, you know, put into this box now, which he needed to be put into really to be, to know what his tasks were. Whereas when he joined, I think there was kind of this aura about who he was and maybe given a little bit too much license when he actually needed a bit more guidance. Maybe he's got that this season. Same with Erdogan. I think he's been given more direction by Arteta this season to get into the box and be more attacking. And that's going to be key. Uh, Joe, the, the issues with Arsenal 
I've always kind of been with goal scoring this season. That being said, since we dropped to Bamiyang, we've scored 25 goals in 11 games compared to the 18 goals scored in the 14 games that we had with Aubameyang here this season. And Lacazette scored, of course, his penalty and he's been getting assists, seven assists in his last uh, 10 games. How do you fear, though, Lacazette maybe being snuffed out a little bit by what Van Dijk and, you know, whoever is next to him, be it Matip or, or Canate, and, of course, the likes of Fabinho in there playing that number six role too? In years gone by and in games gone by, I would have had a lot of faith in Laka to get a goal because since he arrived four or five years ago, he always had a customary goal against Liverpool. He'd always turn on his heel and hit it against himself. Always, I remember the game against in the Emirates there. I think it was the start of the 2018 season where he just nicked mm. it at the end. Um, he is grossly undersized in comparison to Matip and Van Dijk and even Kanate. But as you said, he has seven to, he's going to build up. He can, even though he's small, he can basically put himself about. He can push off and drag players in. He's not going to get a goal. I really doubt it. But if he does the build a play like where we all have faith in him for, I think he'll be fine. Will he last the entire 90 minutes against such a physically imposing and dedicated defensive unit? I don't know. But mm. for at least him to give us 60 minutes, he won't score. I'd be very surprised if he does. But I do think he'll be able to go on for the assist and the build-up play. We've all come to expect. Ed, who, kind of alongside Odegaard and Partey as our most important player has, has certainly been Bukayo Saka and, and his kind of impact on games has been so massive. And there's a little bit of a narrative in this game that, you know, Liverpool, the side that have been linked to, to Saka in the past and, you know, Klopp's a big fan of his and he's kind of seen as, as the future of, of English football in that position. Do you think there is an element that Liverpool have always kind of been able to really minimise the impact of Saka. I mean, at Anfield, he struggled to really get into the game. In the League Cup game, the whole team struggled, but he in particular really wasn't that loud in that fixture either. And I can't really put my finger on a performance of Bukayo Saka against Liverpool where he really did threaten. So do you think it's more that Liverpool have got his number or do you think that just these games have just been poor examples of what he's capable of doing? Well, first of all, I'm with you that... The post-game uh, hugs, you know that uh, that Klopp gives to you know, there's those, those pictures from the last two matches. They're nauseating. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the a couple of times of those games when we were playing Liverpool, he was even though he was 19, he he was the kind of the only thing going at that time, right? So there are so many other things going on with our offense right now, and it, it can run through a whole bunch of different avenues. That um, if they overcommit to shutting him down I feel more comfortable now than I did a year ago or even you know six months ago that we have other options that can pick it up you know um mm. we'll see the lineups I mean I didn't have Martinelli starting this game um but um him coming off the bench late with some with some wheels on him when everyone else is getting tired and Smith Rowe and Odegaard just picking anybody out you know at any time um, I feel better about it now, for sure, than than maybe those some of those other times where if it wasn't Saka, it was nobody. You know, we had no other, nothing else going on. Chris, what's the difference between Arsenal that went to Anfield and were very disappointing in a game? There was quite a lot of hype around Arsenal at that point. What were they going to challenge Liverpool? And the Arsenal now that we see after the back of five Premier League wins? I think for me, it's organisation. 
and I think it's the guys understanding what their job is. And also, I think you've got to um, credit Artessa. So, I don't know I don't know who sees what around the world, but there's a programme over here, Match of the Day, which has got all the um, analysis on it. And Danny Murphy's going, oh, it's a fantastic run forward from Cedric. You know, and oh, he's an overlap and blah, blah, blah. And that's what he should be doing. 30 seconds after that, Arteta blasted him out, right? And told mm. him to get back and do what he was told and put him in his position. And I think... I think that they've had that time together. They've come together. They sort of understand that their best chance now, right, is to play the way they're told. And if you don't play the way you're told, you're probably going to be going to Barcelona because you're not going to be here. So I think that, and I think that... That doesn't sound like a punishment, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But you know what I mean. It's like... Or like a shulker or whatever, yeah? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and I think that's what comes together. And also, I'm going to add the fans on top of that. Because I think I think we're see, we are 20... Again, somebody else shouted in my ear on, on Sunday, you know, this is like 20 to 30% better than it normally is, you know, in this environment. And this is, you know, and the place is rocking and everybody's excited. And I think that comes through to the team. And mm. I think we going to football is enjoyable again. Right. It's not been, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a slog sometimes, you know, but actually you're sitting there, you sit, I don't know about the other guys here, but I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know what, this is like, you know, what's going to happen? Who's going to do what? Who am I going to do? You know, and it's like, mm. and the buzz is back. So I think structure, Arteta, buzz, i.e. the crowd. Um, and I think that's the difference. And I think we've got more belief in him. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head with the crowd as well. That's a really good point to raise because, and look, this will be the first time I've been to the Emirates since the Aston Villa game earlier on in the season. And I'm looking forward to seeing, even in that game, there was an, an element of, of you know, excitement and buzz because, you know, we were improving and we were putting in some really good performances and all the young kids were coming through. But now it's a different Emirates. So to, to be able to see kind of two start differences uh, is going to be fun and, and I can't wait for that. But we'll, we'll move on to the lineups because I know there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding uh, who we've gone for. Chris, I think you're up first uh, and probably with the most statement uh, decision as well. And what I know a lot of people will react to first in the chat is, is you've gone with Saka and Pepe. So talk me through this selection. Okay, so I, I started from the back with my thought process. Okay, Cedric, right. I, I like Cedric, right? I think he's done very well against, against mediocre teams, right? We're playing one of the best two teams in the league, right? He is going to, you know, he's not fast enough. He doesn't think clearly enough and he needs too much instruction. Now, the only person out of the current structure that I would really want to move too much is Saka because he's intelligent and he knows what he's doing. So I, so for me, the structure is pretty the same. All I've done is put Saka in instead of... Um, instead of Cedric, and bring Pepe in. And the reason I brought Pepe in was because, and I had a big conversation with myself about ESR versus versus Pepe, and the whole dynamics of the front three and how that all works and how they all move around. I sort of wanted to put, you know, I wanted to put um, Martinelli and ESR the wrong way around, because I want them to go and just play and be Mm. free. But I think in this case, right, Pepe, Pepe's the guy we go to, right, when we're chasing a game, right? And I sort of want us to go and start chasing this game from minute one. And I think, so, so that's, why I, that's why I finally made that decision because 
I want him to think, you know, this is my real opportunity and I need to get out there and I need to really make a difference. I think Arteta's saying things like, you know, his attitude's changed since he's come back. His wife's had a baby, their first kid. You know, that he's sort of growing up, right? And I think this is a great opportunity. So Saka for security. And yes, you're going to, you're going to um, limit some of your activity going forward. But I think this, this, the, these players easily morph into a back three with Saka going forward um, if that happens. So I sort of want to see Arteta doing a bit of in-game management in terms of changing structures. But this is how I would start. Fair enough. Look, I understand your points about Saka and, you know, Cedric's pace and defensive abilities being an issue. And look, defensively, Saka puts a great shift in. Um, again, it's just it's just the risk side of it that I can't get over. Like, I'm happy to have the discussions around around Saka being there. Again, it's the risk factor of throwing him in. And, you know, for me, Pepe, I agree with you, is good for when you're chasing the game. But I just think the relationship between Odegaard and Saka on the right wing has been so good that maybe interrupting that would be a little bit too detrimental. But as I say, like I think that Saka defensively arguably is better defensively than Cedric um, and will give us the extra bit of pace to deal with either Mane or Diaz, whoever's going to play that. So I absolutely understand the argument behind it. Um, Ed, I think you're next, mate. So talk us through what might be described as a more conventional uh, selection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want the hassles that Chris is going to have to deal with. with his. Um, so I thought long and hard about it back three if we were ever going to do it this probably is the week um three games liverpool you know three games in what six days six and a half days or whatever uh liverpool coming in it would probably be the time to do it but i i kind of thinking more long term i i went with the just the back four the the regular i'd tell me being out really hurts it made me think more and more about a three but mm. um I want to see what our best lineup, and granted, obviously, we have one guy out, but our best available lineup in our formation that he wants to play, I want to see what we can do against the best. Um, and whatever, you know, you can say Man City's ahead of him, but form-wise, I don't think there's any question that Liverpool is the best. Um, I want to see what we can do with them. Um, certainly might be proven wrong, um, for sure, but I don't think this is a fragile team. I don't think there's, you know, if if we had had, Two, two good weeks in a row maybe wouldn't be the time to be doing that. But we're, we're an established team now. We're not going to um, maybe be, uh, be overrun just by the, by the event itself, you know, the evening. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to I go at it with our, with our regular lineup with the most. Uh, Smith Rowe, I would, I would do the, the games this week. I would just go 60 minutes, 30 minutes, Smith Rowe and Martinelli to take your pick, you know, just alternating. I do the opposite with Martinelli on on the weekend, but uh, the other the other reason to stick with a four through three is is really what I, I totally agree with what Chris had said earlier that it kind of saves Jaka from himself, you know, from that Jaka moment where he's he's the last man back, and in in some cases, if Tierney overlapped or something like that, where he makes those panic moves, I I, I like him being up front. I can't believe his. He's, I don't, I've never been a fan as a guy. It just doesn't seem like a guy I you know, would, would like to meet in any way. So it's hard to like him. But um, I have to give him credit. I didn't see him excelling in this role, but he really is. And when we, re when we get someone who better matches that skill set, man, that's going to be exciting. But I, again, getting back to the, the lineup, I want to see what we can do. Um, and if we lose, we lose. But 
go down swinging this time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know, Joe, you've gone for the same team as well. Uh, what was it about this selection that made you, was it the same kind of thing about what Ed was saying there, but you feel like this is the best opportunity to really go at Liverpool? Ed's pretty much said word for word everything I was planning on saying. <laughs> so it's all just going to sound like I'm plagiarizing them now. Um, it is exactly that. That it is a, this is a, a line in the sand. This is a test to see not only where we are in this season, but where we're sort of tracking for, for next season and seasons afterwards. We stood up against City much better than anyone thought we would for you know 60 odd minutes and then a mistake happened and then went off the rack. Liverpool are the second best team, arguably the best team, depending on league position. So this is our next big test. How will we be able to stand up against them? If we can we go with our best side, we face them, you know, pound for pound and see how we get on. If it starts to come off the rails at some stage, then we can bring in Martinelli. Then we can bring in um we can bring in Pepe. We can change it up a little. But since this is a test, this is a massive fixture for both squads. This could de- derail Liverpool's title challenge of any hope of catching City, especially after their result last night. And it could definitely knock the wind out of us, especially with the West Ham game coming up at the weekend. So it's the biggest fight, the like, biggest match we're going to have in a while. We might as well try to match them. our best side yeah. from the start and see how we get on. And I'm just looking at the comms there. I know Vinny was waiting for me to bring up why I have Jack in my team. Because I'm counting down till Jack is out of the club and ultimately... Let's not mix it up again. We need our best squad as much as to bring me out in hives to say it. He is our best midfielder for the time being until we can have someone better. So I know you spotted that, Vinny. I know you're not letting it go when you're waiting for it. So I thought I'd just get it out of the way now. I'm begrudgingly accepting that Granite for Brains needs to be there for now until we can get someone better in the summer. So Fair enough. Take, yeah, I think you justified it. Being. I thought you justified it, mate. Absolutely. But, you know, you, you, the, these members, they're cut for it. They're going to grab you. Uh, <laughs> they're going to make you feel accountable for your choices. Um, oh, I've gone mean. for the similar team uh, with Martinelli in at left wing uh, over uh, Smith Rowe. Just look, we've played this team. Uh, it's successful. It's clicking. It's working. Uh, I'd have no issue with Smith Rowe being the person that starts. None at all. Uh, and either of Martinelli or Smith Rowe can be a threat from the bench as well. Now, you may notice that I've put Tom's team one. Uh, at the top of that slide because I was going so back and forth with the idea of going to back three. And and when I saw that the lads hadn't, no one had chosen a back three, I did want to give kind of the, the opportunity to, to possibly discuss the idea of a back three. And so this is how I would set up if it was me uh, operating with a back three. Uh, move Tierney into that slot. It's really difficult to make a back three because there's so many individuals that have to be in the team. Erdegaard has to play. Saka has to play. And if you play a back three, you can't. You have to take out one of the three central midfielders. I know that some people would say maybe go into a 3-4-1-2 with the number 10 behind the two forwards. But I think going to the two up top takes too much away from our wide threat and our wide areas are where we are the most dangerous. So I still think you need the, the, the clear wide players in there. Erdogan has played on the right-hand side. He plays in the right-hand side of central midfield. If he's able to be even further upfield, it might help. Having Cedric able to be given kind of 
attacking license to overlap and not be berated by Arteta when he comes back. Maybe that could help out Odegaard even more. But Saka to be in the team when you play with this, I think you have to move him over to the left-hand side and play that wing-back position overlapping Smith-Rowe, who we all know Smith-Rowe is the better partner for anyone who plays in that left wing-back or left-back position. If Tierney's there, Smith-Rowe is better with Smith-Rowe ahead of him. I'd start Martinelli if we're playing the back four because just of consistency. But I think that when you play Smith-Rowe in these teams, he absolutely helps that left-back or left-wing-back or whoever we have. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to discuss this. And lads, I do want to get your thoughts on the idea of if a back three is, is suited. And I promised that we would. So, Chris, a back three against Liverpool, are you tempted in any way? And would you change a back three in any way if it was to be that? Okay, so I, so I, I think, look, we've, we've got a run of success and we've got a for, formula that we're playing, right? And I think we've 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 done a lot of coaching to structure in that to suddenly flip to a back three, right? Sort of worries mm. me. I would change this slightly if it were me. I would move Saka over to where Cedric is, and I would put Tavares in the other yeah. side, right? That was the um, other option I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, but beyond that, but I think what's the point, right? We're on a journey, right? You know, at the end of the day, you know, I I don't think I. I made some changes because I think we do need to we, we need to put out the best possible team we can. But I didn't change the structure and I didn't change the format. And I'm sort of against that because we're in a good place, we're on a good journey, we're our backs aren't to the wall. If times got tough, then you know we could easily slip to a back three and reorganise during the game. But I think this dents us going forward so much. You know, and Liverpool are Liverpool have only let in two goals in the last eight ga games mm. or something. They're ridiculously um, good in terms of um, in terms of not letting goals. So if we don't have a really good solid threat going forward, we're just in danger of not scoring. Um, so I don't like this. The reason why I don't like this is because it deviates away from where we're where we're headed at the moment. Mm. I think this is the plan B, and I think come the the, the summer and the time you get training in the summer and I think we should spend time on this structure and I think it should fit into the portfolio but I don't think yet we're that far down the journey that we can afford to uh, make this move and do it well and play against the best or second best team in the country doesn't make any sense to me yeah Ed what do you think well he won an FA Cup with it you know so but that was with a different team you know so I don't know. It's I was with I'm like you. I I had written up trying to do a, a three at the back lineup, yeah. and I couldn't. I just I can't see putting our best players not in their best positions. I I also though had tyranny instead of holding, which I think yeah. maybe some people wouldn't. But him on the left changes things a little bit. But it seemed like you have too many too many parts not quite where they should be uh, in a back three with the way the team is rolling right now and with the people we have, um, you know, uh, so I don't know. I, it's, I said my piece on it before, why, why I don't like it and why I think it's time to not mm. do that. But, um, it's, it certainly might be something like, like Chris mentioned, you know, if, if things are going particularly well or particularly not well, um, we might change to it at some point during the game, whether that's, you know, at the half or, or late, if we're in a lead, maybe to, uh, Hold things down a bit because that's actually proven to be great but i don't want to start that way and joe uh, did you have any partiality to to maybe go into a back three at all 
I had the debate in my head the same way I did last night, whether or not to go with a back five or to go all out attack. That's the way I would have had it. I would have had holding in the middle of the back three. That's our like that. That's our batten down the hatches sort of formation when we're either trying mm. to hold on to a draw or hold on to a lead. Um, exactly as I had said, exactly as yourself and Chris said, if things are going wrong, we can always revert back to that. But it's it sends the wrong message. If we come out with a back five, it says, right, we're more or less, we're afraid of you, Liverpool, and we're more or less trying to get out of here with a, with a draw. The way we've been playing, especially at home, that's not the message you want to send. If we want to stand up and if we want to make the Champions League, we need to show that we belong against these top teams. So going out with a very, very defensively minded setup sucks the confidence out of fans, sucks the confidence out of the squad. And it's it's a make-do sort of squad as a, opposed to we're going to match you, Liverpool sort of squad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you've raised that point really, really well. For those that are putting hashtag Tom out in the chat box, this was my first team. Just putting that out there. Just, you know, I did go for the back four at the end. That was my choice. It was just for the benefit of a discussion uh, to talk about the back three. Um, but I agree with what the lads have said. And Chris, I think you raised a good point about it. Back three is not where we're going. Uh, there was a time where I thought maybe it would have been, especially after we won the FA Cup playing that way. But I think what we've learned is that that vision that Arteta talked about all the way back in 2019, when he first took over about going to a 4-3-3, that has now been realized. And we are looking at the, the system, the formation, the shape, and nearly all of the parts have got what he wants. I think he's missing the central midfielder that he wants. And I think he's missing the striker that he wants. Uh, but I think he's got pretty much everybody else who he would have and then just to strengthen throughout with the extra right back, another center back. Um, another central midfielder, arguably, uh, as well, maybe to back up the Erdegaard position, uh, and a forward, of course, and maybe two of those forwards. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's go to predictions then to round things off. Chris, we'll start with you, mate. What's your scoreline and scorers, please? 1 0, Xhaka. Uh, Ed? I'll go 2 all. I think uh, it's going to be an own goal with a, a low tyranny cross that after one of those. 13 pass type of moves. Um, and we'll go with Odegaard. And Joe. One all. Odegaard and Giotta. Because he loves now, a goal against us. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, he absolutely does. Uh, now, if anyone watched the Arsenal Lounge last night, they'll know that myself, Mo, Shaheen and Lev have got a bit of a wager going this season. And uh, we're doing a bit of a predictions league. And the loser has to fork out 200 quids on a meal for all of us. So uh, I was very, what's the word, realistic with my prediction. And I went for a 3-1 Liverpool win because, you know, it's down to money. However, on TGT, we're all about the heart because I've got nothing to lose. So uh, we're going for a 2-0 Arsenal win. Absolutely. Uh, Thomas Partey is going to score an absolute screamer because that's the TGT prediction of 2022. Uh, and Smith Rowe is going to come on and score as well. So you've uh, heard that here first. We keep a clean sheet against this Liverpool team. Partey scores a screamer and Smith Rowe comes on and scores after getting an assist from Aaron Ramsdale, of course. So uh, that's going to be the crazy prediction of the day. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Rob Paul says 2-0 to the Arsenal to win there. 
for the first time in a while. Zana says 3-2 Saka and Laka getting on the score sheet and the <laughs> Xhaka as well with the emoji being used. Uh, Hugh says Liverpool going to win 3-1, thinking kind of where my head is at regarding these kind of predictions. Uh, Dan says 3-0, uh, Ramsdale Brace and a Cedric Screamer. That would be a turn up for the books for sure. Social says 4-4 scoreline. Liverpool to score six of them. <laughs> Two own goals of Liverpool would be fantastic. Right at the end of the game as well. Uh, Oli going for a 3-1 to the Arsenal. Saka and Smith throw on the score sheet. Jerry going for a 1-1 at 80 minutes. Supercell Smith throw with a late winner. That would be... I mean, the Emirates would explode at that point. It would be mental. Uh, Afsar going for a 3-1 defeat. However, Rancid going for a 4-3 Arsenal. Cedric, Xhaka, Lacazette and Smith-Rowe. Vinny going for a 2-1 Arsenal, Xhaka and Smith-Rowe. I wonder why he's predicting Xhaka to score there, Joe. I wonder. I wonder why. <laughs> Fallas going for a 3-0 Liverpool win. Uh, who else is coming? Uh, Sakshan's going for a Partey brace. DMC Harper's going 3-1. Come on, you gooners. Neil saying 2-1. Hoping that's to the Arsenal, of course, as well. Zamir going for a 2-2. Smith-Rowe uh, and Odin uh, to score. I think we all know who he's talking about with Mane and Jota also on the score sheet as well. Lovely stuff. Uh, Joe, uh, do you want to read out your comment? <laughs> the, the well, you chat. mentioned how you had a bet with the lads on the lounge yes. and you don't have a bet yes. here. So I just made a comment that you don't seem enough faith to put your wallet behind Partey actually finding between the two posts when he hit hey, the look. first screamer. I'm not actually a betting man. And I say this a lot on the channel that I'm not. And I, I haven't bet for a long, long time. The only time we do is on the Grand National and uh, a long time ago before I started losing, a, like, just never won. So I stopped. Basically, with the Arsenal Lounge, it's just a bit of fun. But I see what you're saying. And look, if there's anyone out there that can find anyone that's offering a Thomas party outside of the box goal odds and they can find it, look, we'll, we'll put a fiver down and we'll see what happens. But uh, look, I, <laughs> I'd love to see that and what the odds are for it. But I doubt anyone's silly enough to kind of offer those kind of odds anyway, because they have to be pretty close to Leicester City winning the league kind of odds at this point, I think, to be fair. It's just so unlikely, even though he did hit the posts uh, in the last game, of course. He arguably is getting closer. Maybe that would bring the odds down a little bit. Um, chat box, thank you so much. Sorry that we don't have to go through all of your prediction. I will keep throwing them up on the screen while we're saying goodbye. But thank you to my fantastic panel today. Chris, thank you so much, mate. Tell people where they can find you. And uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah, find me in the Discord server, chat away. Um, other than that, probably back here in a few weeks' time when you'll have me back. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate that. Ed, tell people where they can find you. Uh, be on the Discord, really. Um... I'll be back in London in three weeks for the Brighton match. So, oh, Mike's going to be over for that as well. Is that uh, right? From the Gooners pod. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's over as well. We met, so. we met last time. Him, me, yeah, him you left the link up. The whole crowd. Yeah. So, yeah, as always, I, I stay up in Finsbury Park at the same Airbnb. And first thing I do is check the hedges for one of Partey's shots and see <laughs> if I can get a, a free souvenir because I figure that's where they land. Lovely stuff. Yeah, I imagine the odds aren't going to be too great. Uh, and Joe, thank you so much, mate. Tell people where they can find you. You'll find me in the Discord or uh, myself and Matt are trying to do push and Elden Ring group. So if anyone needs us, we'll be there to help. Yeah, the Discord server is now... I mean, basically what happens is uh, is whenever I like allow something, which someone's like, can we have a channel about like uh, F1? 
And I'm like, yeah, go on. Like you're talking about F1 in, in this channel. So we might as well make a separate channel for it. And what happens is, is that once you allow one, the floodgates open. So now we've got a cricket channel. We've got a gaming channel. What else have we got in here? Let me scroll down to the bottom of the, the Discord server. We've got an MLS, boxing, movies. Um, there's loads. Music. Uh <laughs> So now we've got people trying to get Elden Ring things together. We've got people who are going to be watching F1 together. It's a great community. And uh, and these three are massive parts of it as well. So a massive ch- uh, thanks to Chris and to Ed and to Joe for coming on the channel. If you'd like the opportunity to come on the channel and, of course, join our Discord server. Link is in the description to become a member of TGT. And, uh, yeah, you won't regret it. And these lads will definitely attest that, I'm sure, as well. We will see you tomorrow morning for the 8 a.m. show. There won't be a reaction show tomorrow because, of course, I'm going to be uh, at the Emirates yesterday, but it does mean that there'll be an 8 a.m. reaction show to it on Thursday. So make sure you got those notifications turned on. There will be a reaction show over on the Arsenal way with Bailey and Christo if that will tickle your fancy. So make sure you got notifications turned on and you're subscribed to the Arsenal way as well. Link in the description. See you soon, guys. A fantastic evening and thank goodness. Please let us win. Please let us win tomorrow. It'd be fantastic. And I just want to be there for a win. I don't want to get turned over. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mc delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.